Hey, to those in our Charlotte community, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Dylan Smith joins us this week, owner of Noble Records. Dylan uh, is a wonderful person, talks about his journey of opening the record shop and just the days before that uh, leading up to where he is now uh, with his family, his career, uh, his personal life, and um, just a really great story that shows his character um, and the importance of community and what he does um, with his shop. So hope you enjoy. Dylan, thank you for the time. Really appreciate it. And we'll see you guys next week. Take care. records um and i love just what you're doing and i love your story of what i've seen so far and i've been following for i'd say like a year now since you opened the opened the shop um so i appreciate it thanks no problem um so we're in january almost february already uh how are you how are you doing good good man we um the holidays are always nuts but uh but yeah i always got stuff going and uh january in February, usually it starts cooling off. Well, it never really cools off. Summertime's when I get my, my, my uh, get some traveling mm-hmm. done and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, no, we're doing good. Good man. Um, what was the journey like for you? Um, so you're from uh, Midland, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what brought you to Charlotte? So uh, Midland is like uh, right down the road. So it's not far. Mm-hmm. It's 20 minutes from here. So, anyways, uh, I. I, I grew up in Midland. Uh, well, see, like if you're in Texas, they call it Midland, Texas. <laughs> Here they call it Midland. I don't know. But okay. anyways, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I grew up in Midland and uh, it's, you know, out in the country on a farm uh, and I loved it. And, and so my dad has close to 30 acres out there and my sister uh, lives next to him. She has 15 and we actually just bought the house next to him. So we're all on the same big plot of land now, and now I live back in Midland again. But, anyways, but we I grew up in Midland, like on a farm, and mm-hmm. uh, we I didn't know anything about Charlotte. I didn't know there was a big city nearby. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea. And so, um, you know, one time when I was like twelve, I was really into records, and my mom mm-hmm. took me up took me up to I don't know what shop it was. Uh, I think it was Repo when Repo was out there. Um, and sh- they were in a different shop, I think, at that point. Um, that was the best, best of my memory. But, And I was like, wow, this is crazy. And then as I got my driver's license and I started, um, I played guitar in high school in a mm-hmm. bunch of different bands and stuff. And so we would be gigging around. And then I'd go up to the gallery crawls in Noda. Um, awesome. I, I don't even know. I'm sure they still do it. but um, And then, like, it was the type of thing where you just bring your guitar and amp and like you'd meet up with a bunch of other musicians and set up and just do it, you know, and it yeah. was a lot of fun. Met a lot of cool people that way and did that for a couple of years. And then, you know, kind of moved around a little bit, still in the area, went to college a little bit, um, dropped out. I uh, thought I'd go back, but I just didn't. Mm-hmm. And then uh, jumped around. I got married in 2010. Jumped around, did a bunch of different stuff, but records were always kind of a constant. Yeah. Um, so in 2010, when I got married, I sold my record collection, 
and uh, just immediately regretted it. Like mm. I had, I'd started collecting records when I was 10. And so I had that collection for over 10 years, I guess. And um, so I immediately tried to start getting records back again and just started buying. The best way I, saw, I thought to do it was to buy collections and then keep the ones I wanted and sell the ones I didn't and then, you know, hope to either, either break even or make a little bit of money and buy yeah. more records. So it kind of snowball it. So that's kind of been my whole model for life since yeah. then. And so um, I sold on e started selling on eBay in 2010 bought like a it was just like one of those things you know you look back at life and there's certain things that happen that kind of change the trajectory of mm -hmm. what you're doing i bought this like crazy collection in 2010 and it was um it might have been 2011 but it was uh this guy had shut down a record store and this was like and he had moved to charlotte and so he had like all the stock still it was seven thousand records yeah and i got it for for nothing, you know, because at the time records weren't worth anything right. really. And so then that helped me learn about all different types of music and sold a bunch of them and all that stuff. And so I kind of had stock to put online for a couple of years and I was able to kind of quit the job I was doing to do that. But then started having kids and needing more consistent income. So I worked like, dude, any job you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did landscaping. I worked in a glass factory. I did like tree installation. I did graphic design for a t-shirt company. Um, man, I did I did a lot of different stuff. But anyways, um, and then lost my job in uh, August 2019. Didn't know what I was going to do. Didn't have any money at all. Um, I I got a thousand dollars severance, That's, and we were paycheck to paycheck. It was the yeah. only only money I had, and my wife was like, "You should really open a shop, like, because I was doing pop ups and stuff before that mm -hmm. in Charlotte, kind yeah. of around, like Divine Barrel. Um, I'm sure you know that brewery, yep. the incredible space in there. But they were really nice and let me set up in there whenever I wanted. So I was able to do a lot of pop ups there, get to know a lot of people in the community, and so I already kind of had a loose customer base just because I did a lot of pop ups, and then. So my wife was like, you really should open a shop. And I was like, it would never work. I don't think I can do it. And so and we were basically like, what, what is there to lose? And let's just, let's just go for it. Yeah. So sold my whole record collection, sold a bunch of my guitars um, to come up with the money. And uh, opening day, I had 13 cents in my bank account. <laughs> That's crazy. And uh, yeah, and so, but, but people brought in trades and just snowballed it into yeah. what we never, we didn't take out any loans and nothing like that. Wow. So we were able to snowball it after that and just kind of make it work. So that's kind of been my whole um, goal since the, since we opened is just to build off of what we have and make it better every day. Until, yeah. You know. So that's awesome. So I, you can see here uh, that moment you talked about of buying that guy's re oh, <laughs> collection yeah. of records. That was man. That was a turning point because I bet before that, you know, when I was young, I just listened to like what's normal classic rock radio stuff. Yeah. And then I went through it, and I remember thinking, man, I don't know what any of this music is. Like, almost, because it was all, like, punk and grunge and stuff that I didn't, and I didn't listen to when I was a kid, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, in, like, selling it all, you know, I got to learn about all, all this stuff. And there's so much with record collecting that you got to, that's, that's really knowledge-based. You got to right. know what you're, what you're doing. So, um, it's taken me a long time, and I'm still learning every day. Probably always will.
Yeah. But um, but yeah, that was a huge, huge turning point for me. I wish I could find that guy and shake his hand. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know who he was, but I don't even remember what he looked like. Yeah. But yeah. It's it crazy to think about like those kind of moments. That yeah. Like wow, that's that was a big deal. Oh yeah. Where it was, we are it was now. a huge deal, and I didn't even want it. Oh yeah. I went to just pick some out because I had two hundred dollars. It's all the money I had. Yeah. It was seven thousand records. And he was like, no, you got to buy them all. And I was like, I can't buy them all. And he right. said, how much money do you have? And I was like, I got $200 to my name. He's like, that'll work. I was like, crazy. Okay. That is crazy. <laughs> you know, and so, because he was moving that day and he needed them gone. And, um, but that was just one of those things, the stars aligned. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I've never had a collection that good since. Um, and, uh, but that's okay. That yeah. kind of got it started. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. And then in uh, 2013, it was, D.A.E. Smith Records. Oh man, that's way back. Yeah, so like, I at that point I didn't, I didn't envision it being what it is now. So uh, my me and my wife named it D.A.E. Smith Records back then. Uh, Dylan and Emily is our names, so we, it was D.A.E. Smith yeah. Records. And uh, that was just yeah, that, that was just a, so I had a name to put it online, and that was my eBay page right. name. And then my son in 2013, my son was born. And his name's Noble, so we changed it to Noble Records. Yeah. And that sounds a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I love it. And I, I, I love the, the story that I, I was seeing, um, just looking up where the name came from. Yeah. Um, and I think it shows uh, a lot about your character uh, and your wife. Um, and your son was diagnosed with autism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Like you were saying, you were working jobs and doing what you had to. You started playing music and stuff on the side. Um, So when you had that pop-up to raise the money um, for the treatment, uh, what was that like seeing the community aspect of that support? Well, you know, I think, I don't know about most other people, but in my life, I've not ever been given anything. I've never never had... um, I've never had anybody just help me out and give yeah. me any, like I've never had a handout or even really a hand up. Um, you know, I didn't come from any sort of money or anything like that. And so anytime I want to do anything big, I've always felt like I've got to do this by myself. I got to raise this money by myself. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of put it out there. We were, there was just this treatment we wanted to do for him. And it was kind of a type of thing where we had to get him across the country and uh, I didn't really think a, him being on a plane would be a good idea. Uh, a kid on a plane is bad anyways, <laughs> but like he, him especially, I just... Yeah. And so we wanted to just road trip out um, to Arizona where the treatment was. And at that time, man, we didn't have um, two nickels to rub together. And mm. so I just kind of was like, I'll hustle it out. I'll do this pop-up. Um, I was still working a straight job at the time. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll just make as much money as I can. And we made just enough money to do it. And but it was incredible to see, and I know that a lot of people came out just because they wanted records. But at the same time, a lot of people that I didn't think saw me, um, uh, they came and looked me in the eye and said, "I really hope this helped," you know. Mm-hmm. And they really awesome. um, stepped up, and 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 even though it was transactional, you know, they were buying records. It was it was a first kind of sense of community that I felt in 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 this whole thing of having a shop, you know. What I mean, and it is transactional to a degree but that's what I love about the shop now it's like people come in you know I've had people they come in and and like like one guy came in and he's a regular customer of mine and he was crying and he lost his job and he sold me a bunch of his records 
you know, uh, just because he, he needed the money. Mm. And so um, I talked to some members of his family and figured out which ones were the ones he liked the most, and I just stashed them until he got his money back. And, That's you cool. know, and so stuff like that that I really try to make sure that people know it's not just about the records. Like, yeah. uh, you know, it's not just about the money. I really want a community based around this. But anyways, so that that time, that was really huge for me to see that, that people cared about what I was doing and, mm-hmm. and didn't just care about the records, but a lot of them really seemed like they cared about me and my family. And so that was a big deal. That was a big deal for me. And then we weren't, went on the trip. That was 2018, I think. We went on the trip and it was like, it was just life changing for yeah. him. Like, and with, with, with um, our journey, the way it's been, I don't know how everybody else is, you know, autism is different for every family, but mm-hmm. for ours, and I think most families, um, you just try a bunch of stuff and see yeah. what helps. And then, you know, some things help a little bit, some things help a lot, but nothing like really cures, cures it all at once. Yeah. But this is, that was one of the biggest turning points for us helped us out a lot and helped him out a lot in his development so anyways that's that was all, that's special that man. was a good that was a good moment yeah um, in I my bet. life but that's yeah. great um what's been the most challenging aspect uh, of owning a shop compared to selling online or is it better it's better okay. i like it um i like it because um i love people Mm-hmm. and online, you know, you're selling to people, obviously, but you don't get to see them. Right, right. You know, the thing I like about it is, you know, somebody's been looking for a record forever, and then they, you know, they come in, and it's there, and they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, this, I, ne- I never thought I would see yeah. this or whatever, because there's so many times I've done that, and I, I've, I've found something and just been, like, blown away by it or, like, just recommending people's stuff. Um, but getting to know people and know their taste and looking out for the customers and, and like online, I always have people that want want me to ship like constantly. Like you should ship, and they get so mad about it, you know. <laughs> and the, my my whole thing is, you can buy a record online anywhere, like right. you know, eBay or Discogs right. or whatever. But like that's not what I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know. If I have to sell the record to make the money, I will put it online and do it. But for me, I look out for my customers because customers bring in trades, they keep yeah. the shop going, and so the community is what I I think I crave because I'm not somebody. I really, um, I only care about money because I need it for my family and the, you know, our future and things like that. But like, I'm really not motivated by it all right. that much. If I was, I would just do online because I wouldn't have to pay rent. But, um, but for me, I'm really motivated by that connection of, of community and getting to know people. And I, I think that um, joy in everybody's life every day is such a, a huge, important thing. And it seems silly, but like what else are we living for yeah you no, know it's not silly like, at all. to to bring yeah. people to bring people joy and to make them feel like they matter uh-huh. that can make a big difference in somebody's life when you know you wouldn't think it it might that all that much but like the times in my life when i've been most impacted has when, been when someone has shown me that they care about me specifically right. and not just about something i could give them you know right. so that's anyways. awesome that's my whole thing. But, but online's fine. Yeah. I do a live stream. Like right now I'm doing, I don't know how long I'll do it for, but right now we're doing this live stream auction thing online every Tuesday night. And it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, and you get to talk to people and it's for a couple hours or whatever. So that's a lot of fun. But, um, but you know, it's just to, to get a little bit of extra cash for the rent. But, but it's, you know, it's all gravy no matter what yeah. you want to do. But for me, I like the, um, the community aspect yeah. of the Love shop. So. And there's nothing better than coming into dig for yeah. a record you're looking yeah. for or just for sure want to just look at 
<laughs> yeah, and like the whole thing of, of vinyl, like you know, a lot of people like the sound. I like, I like, I think it sounds better, all that stuff. But the whole thing is like the experience of it, the the physical, just the attributes of it itself. Yeah. Like it's hard to explain. But it's, it's hard something. to explain. It, but it's like just the the feeling of finding a record. Uh-huh. The finding of it's a huge deal. So I think that finding it online, although I buy records online, I yeah. you know, there's nothing wrong with it. I think it cheapens it a little bit. You know, back when I was a kid, there was no discogs. I, you know, I would have to go. I mean, I remember being at the flea market when I was 14 years old and digging through and finding stuff like those are the best parts of it. You yeah. know, so I want to have that for other people. And then, you know, for me, too, obviously. Right. Absolutely. So. Um, has there been any proud moment that stands out to you in, in your life that's shaped you to the person that you are? Um, I've told this story before uh, uh, on a different interview, but this is one of the ones. So my dad is hilarious, uh, but he's a really hardworking dude. Mm-hmm. Taught me everything about being a man. And um, when I was in second grade, um, I, they had like a school store where they had like, uh, you know, pens, pencils, notebooks, all this stuff. Have you heard the story? Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, so they they had all these, st- 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 and I remember looking, thinking, I could get that cheaper somewhere else. And everybody's just buying them, you know. And I'm like, man, I can't. <laughs> I mean, you know, you go to the Scholastic Book Fair yeah, or yeah, whatever, yeah. you know. I'm like, these prices are a little high, you know. And so I went to Sam's Club with my mom and bought all these school supplies. And I had this like lift up desk where I had all these school supplies and I would like price them like a nickel cheaper (laughs) than the school store. And so people were coming in and they were coming to my second grade class, like, you know, middle schoolers and stuff. And I would be dealing Uh in the, you know, out of my desk (laughs) and I was making some cash, you know, and um, I had this whole business going. I was in second grade. So that the school store started drying up and nobody was buying anything and they're uh-huh. trying to figure it out. And somebody's like, it's because this kid's got his, his own shop. And so they came after me. And uh, so my dad, they called my dad. And dude, this was old school. Yeah. They called my dad and they told him they were going to give me a spanking um, at school. That's the South. Right? But we, that was at school and they were going to, they were going to, and my dad, my dad, he called him. He's like, he said, you better not touch my son. And he drove down there. Um, and, they thought he was going to be mad. And he said, what the heck are you doing? Like the school is so, so a kid can learn how to make a living. He's trying to, he's already doing, he's in second grade. How, why would you discourage him from that? And, you know, they, they told him they can't do it anymore. And I got suspended. <laughs> no kidding. Second grade got suspended. My dad was pissed. Anyways, on the way home, I remember him saying, Dylan, you did good. Sometimes the authority is wrong. They were wrong, but oh. whatever. And he said, you did good. You made money. Now, you, sometimes businesses fail for whatever reason, out of your control. You take the money that you made, and we'll, let's start another one. So since then, I st- after that, I went to an auction, bought a bunch of chickens, and started a business selling eggs. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I would buy, like, I had to buy the feed for the chickens. Yeah. I had to feed them myself. I had to take care of them. You know, second grade, that's pretty cool, mm-hmm. um, looking back on it. You know, I think my kids will probably do that, too. But um, stuff like that. But. Yeah. But I, the chickens were my pride and joy, man. I loved them. <laughs> and they were, I, I had them like, you feed them on this like cycle. And some of them were laying like two eggs a day. And I was able to like, like it was great, man. Yeah. That was awesome. So I did that for a while. And then I was always started a business in high school, tie-dye and t-shirts, real hippie thing on brand, Love hippie it. thing to do. <laughs> and just like I, in high school, I bought guitars and fixed them and sold them. But it was something that was always kind of in my blood from that point on. Yeah. Just kind of... Um, 
seeing what I could do, you know? Why right. not? Yeah, absolutely. Why <laughs> yeah. not? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Uh, are there any goals that you have uh, for the shop that's um, in your mind for this year or long term? Um, yeah, I mean, I always want to make the shop better. I have some things that I'm working on that have not come to fruition yet, but I've always got some things that are, that are, um, that are cooking, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> Love it. but, but I do, uh, you know, I always want to make the shop better. You know, what we do, every shop has its own like little niche, mm-hmm. you know, we, we do use stuff more than, more than anything, but yeah. we do have like a section of new stuff. I want to get like a, a little bit better, uh, curation of new stuff. Um, but like, like I said, my whole thing is buying a bunch of collections and just getting really cool stuff in the store. All that stuff, but for the shop, um, I just I want to get it running better, running smoother. Um, online's going really good. I just want to get that um, going better. You know, have a YouTube channel. Um, I have some goals for that. Um, awesome. I'm kind of in the middle of starting a label, so that's cool. kind of the long. That's the goal for this year for me. Yeah. Um, and like the the whole point behind that is to um, just put out music that I like and and uh, that I think other people will like. And then, like, part of what I really like doing is recommending music. So I, get, I think that's a pretty cool way to do it. But, like, I found a bunch of records that are no one's ever heard of, mm-hmm. you know, f- that are from North Carolina or whatever. That's it's cool. like t- just tons of records that need to be reissued that people yeah. need to hear. So that's kind of like, so I'm kind of in the throes of learning that whole process of yeah. like the licensing and mastering and all that stuff. So, so that's kind I'm of sure a, that's a long term goal for me. <laughs> but I, I think that I'll, I'll get it done this year. Cool. I hope so. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what was the, was that the largest collection that you've seen of the guy that? No, 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 no Lord, no. What's the craziest? Um, I bu- oh my gosh. I bought 40,000 once. Holy cow. That was bananas, dude. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, that was stupid. Um, but. Was that at a house or? <laughs> no, um, it was at a storage facility. It was like a warehouse. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the warehouse was kind of being liquidated and they needed to move the stuff and, I was 22 years old at the time, and just uh, it was an offer I couldn't refuse, and I I bought them all, and immediately had to put them in storage, and so, anyways, that's a long story, but that was the biggest one. Yeah, Um, I'm sure it takes a long time to yeah, like filter that out. It does, and then another time I bought a storage unit that had uh, 20,000 in it. I bought twenty thousand a few times, um, but I bought twenty forty thousand that crazy. one. It's yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you think twenty thousand records sounds like a lot, but you move them and yeah, <laughs> I bet. Never start I bet. <laughs> but uh, well, I'm just thinking, I have like a great collection. Uh, it's not even close to that. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's 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 um, the big collections are good, and I they're a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of junk you got to sort through. So I, I really like buying the ones that are really all killer, no filler type stuff. Right. But, yeah. But yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and just a fun question to end it on. Led Zeppelin fan, is there... A little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is there uh, any record that you don't have that you are looking oh, there's for? Oh, always, there's always stuff I don't have that I want. Yeah. So uh, for the listeners out there, um, it I, Led Zeppelin's my favorite band. That's kind of what started mm-hmm. everything for me. And so I'm a Zeppelin fanatic. Um, I probably have at least 200 Led Zeppelin records, just like different live shows and different awesome. pressings of stuff. Like, um, 
if we went into the stuff I don't have, it's real nerdy, and most people that don't know anything about <laughs> records would be like, this is crazy. But um, there was one that I had before I opened the shop. It was like one of the most expensive, like rare records I had, and it's Led Zeppelin One. And when they first put it out in the UK, the text on it was turquoise. And then the band saw it and hated it, and they recalled them all, and then they redid it, and the text oh, no was kidding. orange. Yeah. So I had one of the original turquoise, and there's only like a thousand of them, you know. I had one. When I opened the shop, I sold it to make money to get it going. So I hope to get another one of those. I will at yeah. some point. But, um, and then there's a couple, like, I collect promos, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's the they're the copies that they would send to the radio stations to promote the record. Awesome. They're rare. And so there's a few Zeppelin promos that I want. Um, but man, really, most of the Zeppelin stuff that I want, I've got, I've, I've been able to find over the years. And, you know, for me, what I collect now is rare, ridiculous stuff no one's ever heard of, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, there's a bunch, like a whole subgenre of rock that is like this private press, hard rock stuff from the 70s, like Black Sabbath sounding records that they only made like a thousand copies of. Yeah. And, and uh, it's just some band that, made this record and then quit music, you know? And so there's a ton of that stuff out there. Mm. You'd be surprised, but there's like, you know, thousands of records like that that, you know, and I still see them every day. I'm like, That's what so the heck cool. is this? You yeah. know? <laughs> and so some of them are worth a lot and really hard to find. Some of yeah. them aren't, but you know, um, and then there's like, um, you know, jazz and funk and all kinds of stuff like, and there's small, like really rare records that are obscure within those genres that I'm always looking for. So, with collecting, you know, the deeper you get in, the more you realize you want. So, yep. but for me, you know, mo- like w- the things that I find for the shop, ninety-nine percent of everything that I that I get, I sell. You know, yeah. Occasionally, I'll find something that I don't have, but you know, but yeah. For but for Zeppelin, I've got mostly everything. But awesome, love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, listening, keep an eye out for that turquoise. Yeah, <laughs> if you see if you see one, let me know. But yeah, I, I'll um. I've got some leads on cool. on one, you awesome. know. So, but we'll find it. Yeah. But it, that that's what's fun about it. If you had everything you ever wanted, you know, I, I was talking to a customer the other day. I was like, if you had every record you ever wanted, would you want that? <laughs> and they're like, man, I don't know, because then you will, you know, that the fun is like yep. finding it. And yep. of course, I would want every record I've ever wanted, but it would t- it would cheapen the joy a little bit. Yes. Because, uh, like, there's just something trip. about finding it. Like, if someone just dropped it on your doorstep, like, here's every record you ever wanted, it would be amazing, but then what? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, That's fair. It's part of it, but yeah. Uh, Dylan, thanks, man. I, I appreciate no the time. Um, incredible story, incredible um, thing you've built. Uh, and I can't, I can't wait to see. Yeah, the man. Su- more success that comes your way. It's going to be great. Well, success is relative. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there is um, financial success and then there's a success in feeling a sense of fulfillment. Yep. The last few years I've really realized that, you know, just um, what matters in life and the people right. that you impact. And, um, you know, you could be something for somebody that could keep them going, you know what yep. I mean? And that's that's what that's what I really like about this. And, like, during COVID when nobody was able to come to the shop, we did a thing that uh, we were just sending free records to people, That's you know? Awesome. And so, like, we had a bunch of people that were funding it, which mm-hmm. like, sending money in to do it, and then we were just sh- sending records to people that had lost their jobs and all this stuff just oh, for free. That's awesome. And uh, that was really fun, and I think that a lot of people 
were really impacted by that just because, not because they wanted the records, just because like, wow, somebody just did this for me and like no strings attached, right. just to just to be nice. Just so do it. So that's what I like about it. But but yeah, but thank you. I that's appreciate awesome. it and um, thanks for the time. Yeah, this is my first you, interview. How did I do? Oh, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> you did great, man. Yes, nailed it. First try. <laughs> Beginner's luck. <laughs>